Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm feeling much better than I was over the weekend. Oh, well, that's a good thing. Oh, I think I had one of those uh, cold things that everybody's been getting, and whatever it was, you know, it's gone away. So um, I'm really looking forward to whatever we will be in the thick of it as you're listening to this or just starting the thick of it this crazy weekend of uh, snow, sleet, freezing rain and whatever. You're looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of it because we have had these kind of uh, prognostications <laughs> from the weather people and it turned out to be a nothing. You know what I mean? Just a... Uh, don't know what the accumulations are going to be with the snow. If we have the snow, we could have a dusting. We could have a foot. I have no idea. But, you know, this is interesting to see how it all will develop because, frankly, we really haven't had very much winter. And that's good because I don't want I, it. I know. It's fine I with me. I can't stand it. It's fine but I, with me. But I will me. tell you, I, like, I don't mind the cold at all, yeah. but I just can't stand snow. So... Um, the only thing it does force you to do, and I say this all the time, it forces everyone to slow down. It does. And on a Saturday, you know, if there's nothing happening, it's not the worst thing. But Well, maybe you'll try out your fireplace. Uh, no, I, that's, yeah, that doesn't, no. Mm -mm. That doesn't make it. it, it, it I like it, but it, it turns off the heat. Because I it know. thinks it's too hot and it, it yeah, uh, and then the upstairs is freezing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, but it it I don't care because I'm I'm fine. Whatever it does, it does. But I do not like snow, and I don't like skiing, and I don't like any of that kind of stuff. No, because and then, it's then everybody too cold. says, well, then why are you living in northeastern Pennsylvania? Yeah, well, that's because we were born and raised. So I, I know. had no choice. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't I I just. Uh, I don't really mind the cold, like snip the, the weather, the, the crisp. I like that. Um, but with it so warm the last couple of days, yeah. I, Johnny and I were talking before we went on air, and Johnny's like, I'm, he said last week he was thinking, oh, this is like a March day in the spring. Yeah. And he said then he reminded himself it's only January. <laughs> We have a long way to go. So we anyway, do. he, um, I was feeling the same way. Very springy. Um, some of the sunsets though are absolutely beautiful they in the are. winter, aren't they? they here are around here, gorgeous. Yep. But let's see what happens. Um, I do think it's going to be warmer than they thought originally, and that I think is is part of the reason, isn't it? I think well, somewhere I saw it was going to be forty degrees. How are you going to get that kind of snow with forty degrees? I don't know. 
I don't know. That's so, why I'm saying I just a lot of it doesn't make sense. Downplay it, babes. But it, as they say, it is what it is. And so what do we got to do about it? Nothing. You can't do a thing. So we have to do some birthdays. Mm. We do. We Isla Harper DiNapoli will be one year old. Isla. Yay. Yeah. Yes. Her birthday officially is uh, Friday. The 17th. But we will be celebrating. Um, if, if, I should put that in big, big capital letters, if the weather allows us to drive to New York on Saturday. So we'll see what happens. Oh, You'll know man. next time. And then her father's birthday is uh, six days away from that. And yeah. he will be in L.A. because, I know I said this before, but I'm so proud of him, that he actually was asked to be a member of the Academy. Yeah, that's great. And and that's, you know, I don't Academy. know if you said it on air. I think you told me uh, in person. I? Okay, I don't remember well, you saying it on air. He is officially a member of the Academy of, what do they call that? Of the Art. Performing Arts or something? Arts and Sciences or something? Yes, whatever that one is that gives out the Academy I'm Awards. That up. I have no idea. I think it is that, but. He is. Here, we'll Google. But, um, so, um, well, that's good. He's such a good guy. When's his birthday? The 23rd? 23rd. Okay, so then we have Sean Cadden Foley's birthday, Tuesday. Day the twenty first. Oh, good. He will be um, the big two six. Mm-hmm. And and then next week I'll give another shout out. But what the heck, Tommy Foley will be thirty one on January twenty seventh. And then somebody's comes right after and then that. Mine comes <laughs> right after that in February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. lots of stuff happening. Uh, that reminds me of something I wanted to tell you because I know you love this person. This is my brother, uh, her favorite paper boy. Oh, yeah, and boy. his birthday's right after mine. Yeah, his mm-hmm. birthday's Two February 6th. He's Ronnie Reagan's birthday. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, but anyway, I sent him a box of cookies for Christmas, and I packed that sucker inside out. Oh, outside, no. And then I put it inside of a priority mailbox, you know, one of those yes. red, white yeah. ones. Okay. So... Put all this stuff on it, sent it out, and last week I said, please tell me that you got my cookies. He said, no, I have not. And I said, okay. So I said that I would have to go back to my office and dig in my pile of receipts that I had and get the tracking number and put it into the system and see what happened. Well, apparently it got to where it was supposed to get to, but they delivered it twice, took it back to the post office, and then they ate s- it. They ate it. They opened no, it. No, they it. didn't know what it was. <laughs> then they sent it to Seattle, Washington. For what reason? I don't know. When I looked at it, I just started to laugh. I said, oh, why? It not, it's not even close to the zip code. I, <laughs> on two separate coasts. Right. From Florida. Oh, my God. It's the West Coast. It was insane. And so where are they be, now? They're in Seattle, Washington. And someone, just tell them to open them and eat well, them. Well, no. I, I have to... I put Could in you a imagine their crumbs report. now, Lynn? No, they aren't. The way oh. I, the way I pack I those babies, there's that. not a thing that can get in there. Jeez. So Mary. I told my brother he was hysterical about that. He said that's just way too funny. So I said, we'll see what happens. At least we know where they are now. Why they don't come back to Florida? Oh God. <laughs> oh. Dear God. <laughs> 
Well, that was so funny. But what are you going to do? It, it's a lesson that you have to remember to keep those receipts yes, because you do, that tracking number know. can tell you volumes. Everything. Well, I have to tell you that it's funny you say that because Tommy, who is, you know, he just moved into his new pad on the October 1st, okay, yeah. in near near Tyler and uh, Jess and, and Isler mm -hmm. in the financial district. Mm -hmm. And so I got these really cool Christmas cards this year. They were just one pack, and there were only five of them. They were pop-up cards. Mm -hmm. And when you pop this one up, it was the sky, the, um, the skyline sky of New York, New York City. And it, it had foil paper on it. It had the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. It was, it was Statue of Liberty. It was all, it was beautiful done yeah and I thought this is really cool Tommy's living here now this is so I sent one to Sean because he'll be he was there this summer and will be there again this summer and he accepted the you know the offer from that law firm which is in New York City so I thought it was appropriate for him and then of course I gave one to Frank Blasey because he still keeps his out because it's just so pretty he keeps it on his desk because he goes to he has a place in New York and goes in and you know does a lot of Broadway research, let's say. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought they were really cool. So I sent Tommy and I kept saying, Tommy, did you get my Christmas card? Because he'd never said anything. Sean said he got it. Frank, of course, I gave it to him. It can't, nope. No, and then I forgot about it. So I never even yeah. asked. Yesterday, yeah. I get the mail. No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I put it on and it was a month, almost a month to the day that I mailed it. I put it, I, I'm like, who's pretty writing is this in gold pen because <laughs> I even put the outside in gold pen yes. and the inside I wrote because there was a lot of gold and uh -huh. silver. And I'm like, oh my God, it's time. And it said undeliverable on it. Uh, Return to sender. Well, so, at least they returned it. But undeliverable? I well, called them. Right. I said, all right, Tommy, here's what I want to know. Is your address, da-da-da, Nassau Street, apartment such and such, New York 10038? And he said, yes. I said, you know, what? Why? Maybe somebody never changed the mailboxes downstairs. Oh, man. Who knows? So I'm gotta, like, okay, gotta Tommy. Get after the super. I'm like, it's in your it's in your box with all the other mail that continues to come to my house because you yes. know he lived with me this summer for a couple months. Right. And so now I'll just give it to him. I said, because you're gonna want to keep it. It's just too pretty not to. So anyway. Well, I'd like to know where you got those cards. I got you know where I I'll tell you exactly where, where I got them. In Home Goods in East Stroudsburg. So you bought them in as a retail <laughs> I thing? Did. Yes, because I like I'm a card snob, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. I like better cards. I don't like cheap cards, and I don't like, I like when, for me to buy. I yes. like cards to, they have to have a specific thing, and I'm just very super picky. One thing I noticed that in these stores, such as, um, uh, in the last couple of years I've been doing it, um, when my kids were little I, little, I took a picture and I used to put them in a, in a picture card and I love those yeah. and I had them printed and the whole thing. So now um, all of the stores owned by TJ Maxx Corp, which I happen to own stock in, um, TJ Maxx, Home Goods, Home Sense, some other Sierra or something like that. And then of course, Marshalls. Mm -hmm. So anytime you go into these stores, they have these like 
areas where you can buy all kinds of boxed cards. And the, a lot of them are really high quality because just like anything else, they get whatever the store ships from the, that either they didn't sell. I don't know how that whole store stuff yeah, works. But right. you get all these. The, the selection is always fabulous. Mm -hmm. So I happen to be in there. And this is a brand new store in East Stroud's, but it only opened, I think, in November. Yeah. So we happen to be in a couple weeks after it opened. And I was in the back of the, and I'm looking and it wasn't even where the cards were. There was this box kind of in a in a little bit of a remote, remote location and I looked at it I thought oh my god these are fabulous so I bought and they were they were the only one I have not been able every place I've gone and since because they always have sales at Christmas and you, you yeah. know, pick yeah after Christmas it, they get after rid of Christmas all that and stuff. they get rid of it and I have yet to but I if you open up my drawer in my de over my desk in my kitchen my cabinet there are about 15 to 20 boxes of Christmas cards <laughs> <laughs> that I, because what I do is I don't mail them anymore. Because, you and the reason is, is because it's psychological. My father used to give us, when my father was living, every year, yeah. he would give us our, our stamps to mail for 150 cards. So he'd give us yeah. 150 stamps and he'd hand them to us and say, here, this is for you to mail your Christmas cards. And I, I used to love that. Uh -huh. And then I even made my own, I stenciled my own holly leaf one year and initialed it like a big shot, you know, like doing my... <laughs> It was only stenciled, but it was a holly leaf, and it was so pretty. And I keep thinking every year I'm going to do that again. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah. Um, but couldn't you tell from the box that you bought where they came from, I, like the manufacturer? I, yeah, because I probably I think I have one left, and I probably still have the box, so I'll have to look at it. Yeah, because that sounds like a lot. Oh, they I are love to send those. They're fabulous. But anyway, so um, I don't send them out so what i do is i keep a couple little boxes in my car for the whole month of december and little after okay. and then if i'm giving a gift i quick write a card and hand it that way well what if you got somebody who's um a relative that lives in i still don't send them i just don't send the card well what are you gonna do drive to well, virginia <laughs> no i'm saying i only give a card to someone i'm giving a gift to oh okay all right that's I all understand. i mean i don't go crazy but i like having the gifts i like having a selection of cards and they ha they really do have a great selection okay okay so that's my my rant on the, the card oh, situation alrighty, then. But, but it is it's good and we're going to take on that note we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show, and we'll be right back. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and 25 other places. Okay, boomer. <laughs> and I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And today on the Today Show, I didn't see it because I got there. I watched it after it was over. But they have this young reporter who, whose name is Savannah. I don't know her last name. Not to be confused with Savannah Guth Guthrie. But she's her, her name is Savannah. She's a young kid. And then they were talking about 
millennials and why the the difference between like where the okay boomer thing came and how they got this group together harry smith was on and it seemed kind of neat um but it's we we need not forget that baby boomers for the most part are those raised are raising or raised millennials yes so we have to blame ourselves uh-huh. correct <laughs> so, yeah there you go but mm-hmm. anyway um Lynn, I wanted to say, too, last Saturday, I was at the commissioner's um, party. They, mm-hmm. You know, they had their inaugural party at the Scranton Cultural Center. It was very nicely done. And um, I was there. Nice turnout. And so, again, we say congratulations to um, Jerry Notariani and Deb Dominic and to Chris Shermack and everybody um, Michael Gilmartin was telling me because he was at the um, later party. I went to the earlier one. And he said that they all spoke. And he said that Jerry, in, you know, introduced that Chris was there and he brought him up and they spoke. And he, he said that Chris, and I don't know him. I've never really met him yet. But every everybody talks about what a nice, nice man he is. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Things are, you know, they addressed the situation about you know all the little bit of turmoil and things yes. are and they addressed that and said we're all working together and so it's a good thing so um but it was a nice night and um hats off to sue notariani and al Durunda who kind of put this thing together for them and it was um a very nice very nice evening very good and well, we had a beautiful baby shower that we went to prior to that, done Deb uh, Peterson and yours truly. Mm-hmm. We were at the Colonnade, which is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I had a Bloody Mary, which was so good. Oh, and, okay. And um, Liz Baldy and Michael Baldy are having their first baby, and so we had their um, bridal shower, and it was beautiful. That's a beautiful building. Oh, no, baby shower, not a what bride. What did I say, bridal? bridal. Sorry, baby. <laughs> baby, the bridal's already over. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, they're doing Congratulations. Uh-huh. That's great news. So Miss Diane and Mike will be having their um, fifth grandchild. Wow. That wow. nice? That's very nice. Yes. So it was a lovely time. We had a good time, and then we went to another party later. So we were church in between. Wow, you were hobnobbing at that time. Yeah, on a Saturday too. You know me and my Saturdays. Yes, I know. Uh That's why I was going to say that. But (laughs) yeah, and that's why when I didn't hear from you, I thought, "What's going on Uh, with my Lynn?" So I knew something must have been up. And I and didn't I call you on the Sunday to watch during the game to say, "Oh, Henry." No. Oh, he played and he won. I know. I so, know. Yay, hip, hip, hooray. I was expecting a... <laughs> a call? A call. Let's just leave it. <laughs> like I did with the Phillies guy? Yes. <laughs> I'll never forget that call. Just Lynn, call. check out the first baseman <laughs> on the Phillies. And Lynn, Lynn's response was this. Oh, my. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, that was yeah. good. Well, it'll be an interesting uh, Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Yes. Are and we going to be we, at the we Dinapoli are household? We in, are at indeed. the lake? Yes, we are. Good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that is two days before my birthday. I know. It always is. I know. It's One day it was on the, my birthday, yes. remember? Yes. We had fun. So we'll have to coordinate some birthday activities with that. Why not? Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have any thoughts on who you think it will be? 
in the Who's Super going Bowl? to win? No, but I'm hoping. Here's I like the 49ers. Yeah. And I like of the teams that are there. Yeah. And I don't even know who they are really now, but I know that the Green Bay Packers are in are are one of the teams. So I like Green Bay. I like the 49ers, and I like I don't really like the Tennessee Titans, but. Because I'm not into those newfangled teams, but I I like I think they played well, and I I wouldn't mind if they were in in it either. So who's the other one that's in? Kansas City Chiefs. I think. Oh, and I like them too. So whoever, I'll move uh, for any of them. They are my faves. The the Chiefs I like because I love Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah, that's that's because exactly he's a Philly it. guy, and yep. he did, and I just think he was the greatest man. And that Mahomes is unbelievable. He really is. So Mahomes, anyone Mahomes. can win. I don't care. And yeah. then we'll see what happens. I don't either, as long as it's not uh, the New England Patriots. They're not. Really they're, and I'm, I'm sad about the Philly, the Eagles. That yes. was a yes. you-know-what show. Yeah. Uh, I felt bad. Um, but I just think it's time for others to be in Well, the yeah, and this Bowl. is these people haven't, well, they haven't been around for a while, have they? No, they Titans haven't. have never, have they? No, I don't know if they've never, but they have not been there in the last 10 years for sure but they are and do you know that's an interesting thing about the the tennessee titans their head coach that young guy no their head coach used to be mike munchak oh i do know that yes. i remember that and then he went with back uh, to the as where a fangio yes we're from Dun- denver, denver. denver yes. he's now a coach with him mm-hmm. and, and that guy's from dunmore yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's pretty cool that uh, it is carried neat. them both out there but who's the guy um the guy who won the Green Bay coach. He's like, isn't he a young, yes, he, younger guy? Mm-hmm. He, I like him too. And I, I, I don't don't know if I want to say this is his first season. I think it is. Uh, that he I think actually it is. got them to the playoffs. And mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Because wasn't where was what's his name? Where was wasn't McCarthy with mm-hmm. Green Bay? So yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And isn't McCarthy now at uh, Dallas? Mm-hmm. God, who would go there? Yeah, you got to keep track. It's like who a dance would go card. there? Who's going? <laughs> These poor guys, though. What's going to happen to that dude who got who got fired from Dallas? I don't know. He becomes he's a commentator already, or he's what? All, no, he's already in talks with other teams who fired coaches. They just it's reshuffle them. About That's that. all they do is reshuffle the same I know, ones. but it's it's really, you don't have, God, there's no job security at no, all. No, there's not. There really isn't. Even well, if they you make bring your money, teams I guess that's... to the playoffs, it's not enough. Yeah. You just never know. Well... We'll see. So we will see. I what like happens. what's his name. I don't even know where he is now. I think he might be with the Raiders. <laughs> the guy who was with the Buccaneers, that Gruden, is that his name? Oh, that Gruden. John Gruden. Yeah, he's over with the, uh, I'm going to call oh. them the Oilers. That's not no, what they are. No, I just said the They're, Raiders. Isn't the Raiders. He with Oakland? Yes, Oakland. That's what I meant. Now, Oakland, listen, all you men listening to us now, aren't you very impressed you with be. two <laughs> hay boomers knowing all of this information? <laughs> Um, sports talk about football. And both of us were well-trained by our fathers. That's correct. I told you that Big yes. Jim used to say, sit down, you're watching the game. I go, I don't want to watch. He said, you're not going to be a woman who doesn't understand this game and That's can right. have a conversation. And you know what? I'll give it to him. I make better calls than than Meyer, who played football sometimes. I'm like the, the armchair referee. You know? Yeah, I do the same thing. I do that with Patrick. I say, no, that was not pass interference. That was not. And I'm so glad he challenged it because he's going to win. And to come back, boom. Yep. Well, the pass interference one is tough because it not is. only 
do you get the penalty, but you get it at the where the infraction occurred, and then you get an automatic first down, too. Yeah, it's That's it's tough. wild. Some so. of these new terms they're using for offsides, though. Yeah, what is that? What, where did these... Uh, neutral zone infraction. infraction. Stop. Just say offside. Just, just do your hands on your hips, and that's it. <laughs> or whatever, rolling your oh, hands. Oh, they got what, another one, too. And they have a ton of different... Um, wait, but what about the... the did, didn't it used to be hands on your hips? For, for that, offsides. I don't remember that one. And then that now they roll the, and they, I don't know. It's it's no, it's, it's become it's, a theatrical performance. Those it guys, is. the, the it refs. Is. And we won't get into the baseball thing with the hand signals. Oh, I don't know any of that. <laughs> None. And you know what? Also, is funny. I, I it's a typical West Side West Side line. What? You know, I'll watch a game, and if the refs make a bad call, I'm like, they pay the refs. Oh, geez. that was our that was what we used to say in West Side when they didn't get a good call. All oh, the refs are being paid. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, who knows? So but, uh, how about this guy who was just told that he was going to be the chief referee for the um, the Super Bowl game? They picked them every year. You know, who's yeah, the what number about one? just imagine the pressure on that man. Just imagine. There's one well, woman. That's the pr- I was just going to say that's the problem that you said, man. Can a woman ever do that? Yeah, because there is one or two women I who know. are refs. But I don't know what happened to her. She seems to have disappeared. Unless yeah, I maybe don't see her we either. just don't see her anymore. I, I like that one guy, though. He's a cutie. Yeah. Um, Hockley. That's that's the guy who's my fave. Mr. Hockley. He's really good. But anyway, we digress. Um one thing I want to talk about was uh, something that came from an AARP bulletin, my favorite spots. And there's a new uh, phrase going around. I want you to hear it because it'll be the new thing now for diets and everything else. It's called Blue Zones. Are you familiar blue with zones? it? Yeah. No. Well, Blue Zones is a place where people live longer and better. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so what they're yes, doing they is trying to extract from those blue zones. What they do. What do they do? Exercise-wise, mm-hmm. eating-wise. I think it's climate, though. And it's interesting. So the definition is that these places have the lowest rate of middle-aged mortality or the highest concentration of centenarians Mm -hmm. on their continent. Unbelievable. In places where people live the longest, they're not being tempted to do the things that make us sick in in America. They live in an environment that sets them up for success. They're nudged into movement every 20 minutes or so. They don't have mechanized conveniences, and every time they work or visit friends, they walk. They also have a vocabulary for purpose. And in Okinawa, which is one of the places, they don't have a word for retirement. They talk about ikiaji, which means why I wake up in the morning. People think of themselves as being useful into their 90s and even hundreds. In Costa Rica, the phrase uh, plan de vida or life plan. Um, in blue zones, the older you get, the more revered you are. It's not like, okay, grandma. Which it should be. You've worked your whole life, put your feet up. It's more like, grandma, we need you. We honor your decades of wisdom or, okay, boomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So in, the, in this guy's new book, The Blue Zones Kitchen... You talk about the importance of eating a largely plant-based diet, which we've been hearing about for the last five years. The main foods you see in every blue zone are greens, grains, tubers, nuts, and beans. It's the peasant diet. 
And then they asked, what's his favorite recipe? And he said, Sardinian minestrone. I got it from the Melissas, the Guinness World Record holder for the longest living family. Every day they have the same lunch, sourdough bread, mm -hmm. a small glass of red Canino wine, and a bowl of minestrone. I love it. They go on to talk about all this stuff, and it's it's just fascinating that with all the wealth that exists in this country, it buys us sickness. <laughs> well, I fast think food, you know, all that kind of stuff. These people make the time to actually eat things that are good for them. Interesting. Well, I, I do say, and I, I do find this, that I think... Um, when I grew up, and I know you did, I, I think it's important when your family has intergenerational experiences yeah. all the time. Because mm -hmm. you not only respect your elders and your grandparents and therefore honor in some way what they bring to the table. And in our family, our family, we had not only my grand my grandmother who was my mother's mother who lived with me since i was five but my uncle jerry who was my grandmother's youngest brother who lived till he was 94 my grandmother lived till she was 92 and i and uh, and and her other siblings lived um my other my uncle other uncle was 90 some when he died my he was the second youngest and um it, it's I think when you like the Chinese and Japanese and those families where the, the head of, you know, the elders are respected and, and you don't think, we all we look, for, all we say here is, okay, retirement, where we plan for retirement, do this, get this. It's all that end result thing. And yep. I think that that's the difference. It's a mindset. If you don't think oh, about it sure and is. you don't play it up, people will just continue to think you're as relevant as you were. And and not because you're getting older you're not yeah. and i think we need do we all need to make a conscious effort as we the boomers here age um we need to do that because there's no reason i mean i i remember thinking of things and we talk about this all the time those of us who who uh you know I'll t we'll talk about because we have to take a break because i'm blabbing on but i'll tell you when we get back <laughs> so you're listening to laurie and lynn show we'll be right back it's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Good morning. Hi. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tons of other places. And I'm Laurie Cadney, owner of Laurie Cadney Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And as I was saying before, like 
and I, I know I've said this a million times, when I was in the banking world as a young kid, I looked at these women or and men and thought, I, I, that's exactly what I want to do when I get older. And I, I want to stay in this banking world and I want to do this and I'm, I can't wait till I get that. And I revered those people and mm-hmm. wanted to learn from them, be around them and understand what it is that you do to get there. And I took my time. I didn't just expect that it was supposed to be because uh, because I wanted it. I wanted it and I was willing for it to be my turn when it was my turn or yeah. to be lucky enough to have that opportunity. That isn't the case now. And that's the difference, I think, in how we were trained versus yeah. what's going on now. And I don't know where that, that um, what's the word, um, if, is it ambition? I don't want to even use that term, that um, entitlement. Mm-hmm. I think that's the word in mm-hmm. general is entitlement. Yeah. yeah. That All the way it. around. No, I think that the, the fact is that there is so much of an expectation of the generation that we nurtured, we'll call them the millennials, that things have to happen immediately because it is the way... Instant gratification. It is the way we are fed information. We don't have to go well, that's look probably it true. up. It's not their fault it's either. It's instantaneous. Right. It's just how they... It, we didn't have that. We didn't. That's my point. Right. Yeah, we didn't so have it. They have so. everything at their fingertips to get instant info. And the expectations built around that right. is their life will occur That's like that right. as well. That's correct. So what I'm saying about all that is that when you look at people who expect things to happen tomorrow versus our generation who understood that there is time involved in building something, whether it's a career, whether it's relationships, whatever it is. We knew that there were certain expectations society had of us, that we had to be uh, patient, we had to learn to wait, we had to do whatever it is. And especially the fact that we lived in multi-generational homes we saw older people and learned compassion. We learned relevance. patience and relevance. Yeah. You know, we would go to them to ask for information uh-huh. and advice. And many times it was not necessarily um, the same advice we got from our parents. And again, it was that that time that where they had to sit and reflect on their own lives that made them look at things a little bit differently and not as reactive maybe as our parents were. They would say, oh, it doesn't make that much difference in the long run, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I think more importantly, too, you talked about role models with your mm-hmm. grandmothers and whatever. I recall that I was 16 years old when my great-grandmother on my father's side died. Wow. So until that time, she was notorious. I mean, she really, she had a reputation in West Granton that was just beyond, it big, much bigger than her. Who was she, your mother or your father's? My father's Beatrice. Grandmother. My father's grandmother. Right. Beatrice Evans. Okay. B. B. That's it. <laughs> Aunt B. Or Grandma B. Okay. So 
she, I told, I think I've said this before, she lived in the area in West Scranton where they were, they had that block of funeral homes mm-hmm. and she'd work the funeral homes because she yeah. already knew everybody right, in there. Right. Or if she didn't know the person who was deceased, she knew the family. Mm-hmm. So she'd always go in there. So that's how everybody got to know her. Not because she was on social media. Yeah. <laughs> that was her social media. That's right. Yeah. So there was this awareness of how important building relationships was to her success as a human being because she lived in an apartment and she did not want to live uh, with anybody else. So because she was independent and because of the way her lifestyle was, if B didn't show up for things, somebody thought about it. Right. You know, there was an accountability that everybody was accountable. Right. And so people took care of each other, they watched out for each other, and they respected each other's space and whatever it was. So when she would come to our house for Christmas dinner or whatever the event was, and there would be four generations in the house, it was really bizarre because there was such an, an awareness of the depth of these relationships and how whatever she knew when she was a child she was first generation here from wales so when she was here and what she learned and passed on to the other generations was really funny because we would get to certain points where i would say something to her about something that was welsh or someone that i thought was welsh and she would have none of it she'd say that person's not welsh i'd say we call them nanny i said nanny why well, just look at her. Just look at him. Or See, just look isn't that at the amazing? way. Yeah. So she would deny the the people that we thought were Welsh, but in her world, it just wasn't possible. So you listen to the stories, and you listen to what when my day da 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 da, and you know. I was saying to a friend the other day that one of the worst experiences as a child was the Welsh have this thing called a gamanfagani which is a, a, a song fest. And at certain times in the spring, um, they would have these gamafaganis on a Sunday afternoon and they would sing in Welsh. And all the people in the area would come to a church and they would start to sing these songs. And they asked us as young kids to be the ushers. So they would dress us up in traditional Welsh clothing, uh, which for the girls was black, long skirt, white, blouse and a shawl and a hat and did you eat welsh cookies and uh, no we had to well yeah afterwards mm, we did yeah afterwards we did but best. we would have to walk down the aisle and pass the um the, the whatever they call them it's not the hat but it's the <laughs> thing you know the, that basket. They would, the basket they mm-hmm. put the money in and we had to do that and so we take the the gifts i guess as they call them up to the front after it was all over and they would start to sing a song of thanks my grandmother was a great grandmother was always in the last row and she belted never sing on key but everybody knew that she was there because she would sing so loud and in welsh and and my sister and i were so mortified because we because you knew everyone knew she was your great grandmother (laughs) But, but the point is 
you would never say anything to her. No. You know, the, out of respect. You're rolling your eyes at each yes. other, but you're not. But you I know. never say and anything. What, and I think that that's what some of these other countries do well. Yes. Is that's continued through every generation. And it's made to be respected and important. And I think, like, even with my sister, and you're in that same category, my sister doesn't have children. Mm -hmm. So it's important for her to be very close to her nieces and nephews. And, and my children are very close to her. Yes. And it's important for me that they continue to have to to Include have her. that love from her yeah. because it's a it's different and we grew up with my grand, my mother's sisters not being in town they were but we loved to see them and be with them when they came in because it was part of that whole family structure i mean things change you know but the point is it's always a good thing i think when you involve and whether it's you know that old line you can pick your friends you can't pick your relatives it doesn't matter mm -hmm. you know there's still your relatives so mm -hmm. it's all it's all good and we it, it was no different than on the Cadden side we we my grandmother Cadden was lived by her well my uncle lived with her but she was home until she died at 86 yeah in the same house that she raised seven children with no husband because my grandpa died at a very young age and she had seven children from the ages of 11 to six months Yep. And it, it's amazing and that we would go there every week and we would all be together and we would all expect things from my grandmother and we were, would expect, you know, these pearls of wisdom given to us and and to go to them. I see I say anytime you can sit with someone who is older and you can listen to their stories and the things that they can tell you and what you can learn is one of the favorite people favorite guys i've ever learned from was phil condren senior i would see him we would go to lunch occasionally we'd talk on the phone and i always tell phil jr um how much i adored his father because I, he was so smart and so with it and i used to love to sit with him and just take in everything mm -hmm. he would talk about mm -hmm. I, I miss those times and you need to do that you do. It's because older people understand and know because of what they've been through. Yeah. So take some time and spend it with them. On my mom's side of the family, uh, the Zankers, um, my mom was one of five. And so she pretty much took over a lot of the child raising responsibilities just to help out my grandmother because there were four boys. So... I just remember all the times that my grandmother, who was a very quiet person, she never really spoke very much, but as she got into her 80s and started slowing down a lot, um, she would love to just tell me stories of things, you know, of what was going on and she, what she remembered as a, as a child and how difficult it was. And I don't think most of us can even comprehend or understand that level of difficulty like you talked about your grandma right even if raising you don't this. understand it to know that it existed even like washing clothes on an yeah. old washboard literally get, like oh. unbelievable but anyway yeah. well yeah we have to leave oh, for I this we have to leave yes. so, okay um we so will it's been fun everybody yeah. talking about our childhood yeah here we go <laughs> so thank you for listening and we will see you next week have a wonderful weekend be safe and please be nice bye this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.